Welcome to Restaurant Influencers presented by Entrepreneur. My name is Sean Walchef, founder of Cali Barbecue and Cali Barbecue Media. In life, in the restaurant business, and in the new creator economy, we learn through lessons and stories. We're so grateful to Toast, our primary technology partner at our barbecue restaurants for believing in the power of stories, uh, believing in the power of technology, and connecting all of us with this uh, incredible platform um, so that we can have guests on like today's guest. Today, we have Taya Ivanovic, who is the co-founder and COO of Immigrant Food. And Immigrant Food is three locations in Washington, DC. They are a cause casual restaurant. Uh, when I learned about this brand, I knew this was exactly why we started this show. Um, you guys know how much we believe in storytelling. If you're new to the show, welcome. Um, but Taya has an incredible story. Um, what they are building and why they are building it is uh, is why we believe in this show. I mean, it's uh, everyone that gets into the food business. This is a very difficult business to be in, but there's a reason why we're a barbecue media company. And there's a reason why uh, we believe that food and hospitality connect all of us all over the earth. And um, to find someone like you, we're grateful. Uh, Taya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So you guys have been making all kinds of press since you've opened up this restaurant. Um, it's one of the things that, frankly, I dreamed about when I opened up our restaurant. Um, but no one came to tell our story. What you did was so unique that uh, people came to tell your story. You guys have been featured all over the place. Um, you named the major outlet. I, I guess that probably has a lot to do with your, your background, um, knowing how to strategically get that press, but more importantly, what you're talking about. Um, can you give our less, uh, listeners an idea? Number one, we're going to start with my, my favorite random question, which is where in the world is your favorite stadium, stage, or venue? Oh my God, um, a, a lot a lot of great questions in one. Um, so let me start with the, the first, the, the last one you asked, um, favorite stadium. So actually it's an interesting story. My dad is a uh, professional volleyball coach. And so I've been in stadiums all over the world. And my favorite one is when he played the final four of the Champions League in Europe in uh, Zurich, Switzerland. Okay. So I would say that one, it would be my favorite. Beautiful Zurich, Switzerland. No, none of my guests have said Zurich, Switzerland. How many? How many people fit in that venue? That's an excellent question. It's the um, Halle Stadion. It's like the biggest um, indoor um, stadium in Switzerland. But I, I, I will make a mistake if I tell you the number. I don't okay. know. Perfect. Well, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to Switzerland, to Zurich, and uh, we're gonna put on a hospitality conference. I'll I'll convince Entrepreneur and Toast, and we're gonna get some incredible partners. Um, but what we want to do is something different. You know, there's so many hospitality conferences that we believe can be better. Uh, we want to do a TEDx style where we're talking about lessons, where we're really bringing on the people that are moving this industry forward. I'm going to put you on center stage, and I want you to to pitch us. Let us know the the immigrant food story. Sure. I mean, Immigrant Food is a restaurant group with a mission. Um, and so we always say there's two beating hearts to Immigrant Food. One is the very innovative gastronomy, uh, which is inspired by all the different foods that immigrants have brought to the United States over centuries. Um, but the second beating heart is the advocacy. So we wanted to celebrate immigrants and immigration, but we also wanted to advocate and educate on immigration and immigrants today. So we partner with local NGOs, uh, which is very integrated in the restaurant. We can talk more about that. And um, then we also publish a monthly magazine. So, you know, all you have to do is to get some more press is just publish your own magazine, Sean. <laughs> so that's, no. that's the idea. It's, it's a, a very layered concept. 
So I guess for, for our restaurant audience, the, the restaurant owners that are all listening to this and hospitality professionals, um, I guess the answer is why, why, why get into such a difficult business when we all know how, how difficult it is? Well, you know, the mission is, it, we'll get more into the mission, but it, there are other ways, non-traditional, more traditional ways about going about advocacy. Um, why, why go the restaurant route? Sure, there are. I mean, there are many other ways. And my background is, um, you know, think tanks. And I was a reporter for a while and, and I was in PR. But, um, you know, food is is a very non-threatening way to get across a message, right? Because people convene around food. People have difficult conversations around the dinner table. And I think that is what's so powerful, right? Food can tell so many different stories and touch people in really profound ways that I think not much, not many other quote unquote traditional ways can. So I think food was a very natural way to do what we wanted to do. And when you came up, when you, when you, you and the, the co-founder, when you guys came up with the concept, there's a way to go about food that isn't a brick and mortar. Why, why, the, brick and, why the brick and mortar <laughs> side? Because we, we, we encourage the brick and mortar businesses that are listening to the show, watching the show to think bigger than, you know, we'll get into the content. We'll talk about the newsletter. Um, we'll talk about media always, but to, to be e-commerce companies, to, to figure out how do we sell things to a, a bigger audience outside of our village? Um, why, why the sure. brick and mortar route? Totally. I mean, e-commerce, delivery, uh, direct-to-consumer are ways that I think fit very much within our brand, too. Um, and I think that's something we can build on. So I'm, I'm not saying no at all. I think it's a, it's a great other um, avenue as well. I think the reason we decided to start with brick and mortar is because of the, you know, we want people to convene around the table and we want people yeah. to have that experience. And I think especially over, you know, the last two to three years during the pandemic, we lost that. And you can see how people have changed um, and how people miss that. And I think, you know, going to restaurants and having that culinary experience, no matter whether it's fine dining or casual, and we can talk more about that, but um, that is something that is almost fundamental to people. Like they want that, to have that experience. And um, it makes me really happy when I go through the restaurants and I see people having a good time. I mean, that is sort of almost why you're doing this whole thing. Do you remember the first day, the day that you guys opened to the public and you bring us back to there? Oh my God. It's a, it's a great question. Um, it was, you know, you know, the Sean, how long it takes to build a restaurant and all the prep <laughs> that goes the, ma- the, the marathon before the marathon. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The months and the months that go into it, the sleepless nights and all the things that go into it. And then when you open, I, I always say this and, and it's not the answer. Maybe people expect, but it's a little anticlimactic because right? Like you work towards this one thing and then you open and then, you know, people come and we had a long line of people and that's really great, but it's nothing really, there's no fireworks, right? Or there's no, I, I don't know. It's like almost, you don't know what to expect in a way. And, and I say this with every opening, we have three now, but it's sort of the same thing every time. It's like, I don't know what, what I expected it to be, um, but it's just all this hard work that comes into it. But I think, you know, the rewarding part is not just the first day. It's like the first week and the first month and then when you, you know, you look at your numbers and how many people came in and how many people came in last week and if that grows or not grows. So I think it's, it's the journey and it's the marathon after the marathon before the opening. Yeah. There's no finality to opening up a restaurant. You realize that this is, we're in it for the long haul and it's how do we improve upon one day from day one to the next day and treat each day as a, as a gift to do something different and unique. Um, 
when you launched the idea, you know, with your background in PR and um, in journalism, knowing how, how did you strategically position the story? Sure. I mean, my co-founder, Peter Schechter, and I, um, he's also someone with uh, actually much longer um, uh, career in PR and, and communications. And we talked about, you know, what is it that we want to create? I mean, Peter's idea was a restaurant group with a mission. He's a longtime Jose Andres um, investor and has been on the board um, and also did a lot of political campaigns. So it was the idea to, compa- uh, to combine those two careers. But then we thought about like, what would that look like? Like, how would we actually do that, right? Um, and so then, you know, we, we actually, one of our first things we did was go out to the community. And so we spoke with like lots of people that are, you know, the, the, the customer that we want, the guests that we want, what do they want to see in a restaurant? Um, so that's on the food side and the culinary side. So we talked to a lot of people in the community and on the, on the mission side, we actually talked to a lot of the NGOs. We said, what, how is it that we can best help you? And what is it that we can best do for you? So that's what actually informed a lot of the ideas. And then we went home and, you know, started plotting that and putting that together. And, um, and that's how, how the concept was created. But, you know, the, there's lots of groups that are doing great work in the sort of social responsible uh, space, right? Like they hire refugees or they hire veterans. And that's wonderful. We wanted to do it a bit differently. So we, we sort of went our own route of like, how can we actually be advocates um, and not just, you know, not just take the traditional route of corporate social responsibility, which is what I did in my past life of, you know, taking once you make your first million or your first 10 million, take a part of your profits and don't. So we wanted to make it a little more complex than that. You made it very complex. (laughs) And a lot more work. So we just wanted to give ourselves some more work. Yeah, you made it very complex. And I I guess I think, you know, when I think about the work that you guys are doing and the mission that you're on, it's inspiring. It's inspiring because, you know, we created this show so that hospitality professionals could understand that their story matters. You know, when we think about marketing, we always think about it's basically advertising. I'm advertising what I do and how do I get people in to drive more sales to my business. But when you understand that your story, the reason why you opened up your pizza restaurant or your burger concept or your barbecue concept or whatever your concept is, it's a deeper story. And we get lost once we open up the restaurant of our story and our mission. But you guys are very intentional in your mission, knowing how hard it's going to be to go through the intricacies of actually living the things that, because when we talk about theory, when we talk about this is in business school, you know, when I went to business school, I, I was never inspired because the people that were teaching me were teaching me out of a textbook. It took me coming into business, like the school of hard knocks to realize like, oh, maybe in theory, this doesn't work. Instead of just exactly. hearing these headlines of what can you do as a business owner? What should you do? You guys are living proof of like, how do we do it? <laughs> like every single day is a day in beta of understanding how do we do it and, and what do we do? And now how do we share the story so other people can learn as well? I could not agree more with you, Sean. And I, you know, everyone has their own story, right? Like we have this, the social mission behind it, which is very much one of the two beating hearts of our concept, but everyone has the story of why they started. Yeah. And to your point, it's very important to keep that in mind. And your second point, which I loved was, was about, you know, the theory versus practice, which is something like my dad tells me this all the time, right? Like I, I also went to, you know, it wasn't business school. It was international relations 
um, master's program, but it's like, I learned all these things, but then reality is very, very different, very, very different. And, you know, you deal with, I mean, after three months of opening, we had the pandemic. So, I mean, all my <laughs> textbooks went out the door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just about, you know, fighting for your um, livelihood and existence. And so it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's a really, it's a real school. And I think our industry, the restaurant industry is particularly good at teaching you those lessons in real time. Very good at teaching us those lessons. Now, for can you tell tell the the audience about uh, the think the think table, the content, the story? Because so much of we're we we know that we're an aberration, that we're a Cali barbecue media, that we have a blogs and podcasts, but we don't expect all restaurant owners to understand the depth of storytelling. We hope to inspire them because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to to host a show, to create content, to write a newsletter, to do an email blast. Why do you do it? And how would you recommend anybody that's thinking, well, maybe I can do it? How, how would they start? So we have three pillars to the mission part. One is the engagement menu, which we're very proud of. It's you know next to our food menu, obviously, and our drinks menu. We have this thing called an engagement menu. Every week, there's five ways that you as a guest that comes into the restaurant can engage, whether it's signing a petition, uh, making a small donation, uh, signing up for volunteering opportunities, or even just, you know, reading, um, reading a book or listening to a podcast. That's something that's grown that's beyond the restaurant. So it's inside the restaurants, but it's also a newsletter. It's on social media, people all across the country connect with it, um, which is, which has been a really crucial part. The second part is I mentioned already, which is the um, engagement, the impact partners, the five local NGOs that we work with that do incredible work. So we share a space with them. They can use it in off hours for volunteer trainings or English lessons or citizenship lectures, whatever they need. Um, and then the third pillar is what you mentioned, which is the thing, which, you know, we started it because there is so much misinformation out there on a lot of things, uh, but a lot on immigration. And so we really wanted to fight against that and to, you know, provide real facts, but also real stories. So. We take one issue in immigration, right? Things you've heard about in the news, like immigration courts or dreamers or sanctuary cities. It's like all these things you hear about, but you, you know, you're busy, you don't have time to read up on it or do your own research. So we speak with experts. We do short videos, like three to five minutes long, little infographics that we post on social media and on our website, and that you can just learn about as you're scrolling, you know, doom scrolling at night. So that's, you know, that was, that's very much integrated into the mission. Um, and it's just a natural connection to our brand. Um, and that kind of leads me into the second part of your question, which is what would I say to someone who says, I wanna do that for my restaurant? I would say it has to be a natural progression to the brand. And I think, you know, oftentimes nowadays, everyone wants to make content, right? And content is, you know, content is king, everyone's doing it and that's great. And, you know, there's so much great content, but there's also too much content. And so. I think the content that works is the content that makes sense for your brand and for yep. the story you want to tell. So I think that would be my recommendation is don't overdo it if you if it doesn't make sense for what you're trying to do. Yeah, I think that, you know, my my media mentor, David Meltzer, he talks about finding your frequency. And if you find your frequency, 
um, it doesn't matter what you do. There's an audience for it. You know, it's kind of when we started this show, it was, you know, we, we didn't think that anyone would listen, but then you realize that there is something bigger. There are restaurants out there that are, that want to be bigger, that, um, that have bigger hopes and goals. And when I think about immigration, when I think about immigrants, I think about my grandfather, my grandfather's from Bulgaria. He was a farm boy that was meant to be on the farm. You know, he, he lived an incredible life and I was able to help him document his life story. It's part of the reason why we do what we do is that um, every story matters, you know, and my wife is an immigrant as well. She's, she's from Bulgaria as well. Why is immigration so important to you? Well, immigration is at the core of, of this country, right? I mean, immigrants have made America great um, again and again and again. That's one, you know, one of our taglines too, but it's, it's so true. I mean, immigration and immigrants are the fabric of what has made America what it is today, whether it's in food, I mean, uh, food chain, I mean, I don't have to tell you how, you know, it's, it's so reliant on immigrants, but everything else, I mean, you look at Nobel Prize winners, you look at Fortune 500 CEOs, you look at so many aspects of our society, immigrants are leading the way. And, you know, immigration is, is good for this country, whether it's economically, um, and there's you know lots of data on that, socially, um, you know, there's just music. I mean, there's so many uh, different ways that immigrants um, make this country a better place. And so it is, it is un-American to not support immigrants. Um, I think it's as basic as that. So I think just celebrating that history that we have um, as Americans, um, but also being able to understand really in what ways that we can make a difference ourselves is, is sort of why I do what I do and why I wake up every day. And now a quick break from restaurant influencers to share an exciting new offer from our sponsor, Atmosphere TV. Go to atmosphere.tv forward slash BBQ to not only get Atmosphere TV for free, but also our audience is given the gift of $200 in ad credits, as well as free activation. Join more than 40,000 other venues who use Atmosphere TV by signing up with the code BBQ at atmosphere.tv forward slash BBQ. Keep guests entertained with Atmosphere TV because you have the ability to turn your promotions and your advertisements onto your television with this platform. The simple plug and play device lets you take control of the content on your screens. Keep guests entertained, engaged, and informed of real-time specials, career opportunities, and announcements that you can personalize within your own custom content dashboard. Tap into great channels such as America's Funniest Home Videos, Fashion, Throttle, Chive TV, Sports Highlights, Red Bull, Real Madrid, along with unbiased news and entertainment. There is something for everyone. Over 60 curated channels of short form, entertaining content to choose from right at your fingertips. They also have an incredible ad supported network that allows you to not only market within your four walls, but also locally or nationally if you desire. The platform gives you full control to dial in your marketing efforts. Please go and visit atmosphere.tv slash BBQ and let them know restaurant influencers sent you. So I, I would love to talk about the courage that it takes because there's, you know, when you're in the hospitality business, I remember early on growing up, the things that business leaders that I respected always told me is to stay away from politics and stay away from religion. Two things that should never, uh, never come into the town hall, the town pub, the town restaurant. And yet um, you went both feet in loud 
into in into the waters um, at a very tumultuous time in this country. Um, why and where did you find the courage to do it? And uh, and the, the the follow up is is what was there any backlash? No, that's it. Thank you for those questions because I think times have changed and. Um, we are at a time right now when we have been, I've seen the transition when I was in um, the PR space with a lot of my clients that were, you know, asset managers and um, the transition into corporate social responsibility, CSR and ESG, environmental social governance. Um, that is a lens that people are applying more and more. And you see it with large companies, look at Nike, look at Patagonia, you know, look at all these big billion dollar companies that, you know, they ha they almost have to apply um, the the CSR lens because their customers want it and they require it. And if you see millennials and Gen Z, that's what they want to do. They want to put their money, their wallets, where their values are. Um, and it's, so it's no longer just about value; it's about values as well. And our company, Immigrant Food, really believes that you don't have to give up profit and profitability in order to do good and do something that. Uh, people care about. So those two are not mutually exclusive anymore. Um, and that's a really important thing. We're not a charity. We're not a 501c3. We're a social enterprise and we can have the same um, yeah. same profitability, the same EBITDA levels that any other restaurant group has while also advocating and, and doing the work that we do. So to answer the, the second part is whether there's been backlash, honestly, there hasn't. And I think that's, it has surprised me. I have to say very honestly, I mean, you know, you're always ready for, you know, whatever comes your way, right? You don't know. Um, but there really hasn't. And, and um, even, you know, at the, the former administration, uh, we were right next to the White House. Our location is literally <laughs> next to the White House, the last building. That's um, amazing. We would have, we would have how, how big is the space? How big is the space? It's 2,600 square feet. It's awesome. like two floors um, and a nice patio outside. So you see the White House when you're sitting on the patio, the executive building. Um, so we would have people come in from from the former White House, right? And in an administration that very honestly didn't believe in immigration and thought immigrants were bad for this country. So, you know, I think, again, to, to come back to the point we talked about earlier, which is food is a connector. Food is non-threatening and, and the table is a place where you come together and talk about difficult issues um, such as immigration, though I also think that that's not entirely true. It's become immigration is quote unquote controversial, but it's not. I mean, eight out of 10 Americans believe immigration is good for this country. That's poll after poll shows that um, every year and it has only grown um, in 2020 and actually grew. So, um, you know, it's not as controversial as the very loud minority wants us to believe it. When you're looking at 2023 and beyond, what what does the mission look like? What are, what are the what are the goals for what you're building? So we have three locations right now. Um, we're actually we're looking at a fourth location, um, and the goal is to have you know five locations in the DC area before hopefully, knock on wood, um, we're able to expand beyond the the DC area. So that's the goal. Um, and within that, we you know we find our model is very scalable. Um, that's both on the food and the advocacy side, the entire group. Um, and also on the advocacy side, going into a new city, working with local organizations. So we, our partners are all local um, and that's really uh, a great way to connect with the community and to become you know, an advocate in the community. And that's something we wanna do wherever we go. That's very exciting. How, how did you get a spot next to the White House? How did you, <laughs> what, what kind of, <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> You're gonna laugh, but it was 
total coincidence. So we knew that we wanted to be around the White House. Um, that was that was the idea because we wanted to be you know close to the seat of power and and given our mission, we wanted to be close to the White House. But our uh, great real estate um, guy, Costa, if you're listening, big shout out. Um, he actually found a really great place in, as I said, the last building before the White House. And he wow. said, guys, this is perfect for you. Um, it's also on two floors. So the second floor is where we do a lot of the mission oriented events and where the NGOs can use that space. So it was it was absolutely perfect for what we wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, on your website, you have the African proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think, you know, something that inherently all restaurants do very well and all hotels or anyone in the hospitality business is understand that we, we create spaces. You know, how do you create spaces where people feel comfortable? They feel comfortable coming and, and talking about, like you said, difficult topics or things that bring us together. And um, I'd love to get a little bit deeper into the NGOs and how they actually become advocates, not just for your mission, but for your business as well. Yeah, I think that, you know, overlap between business and, um, you know, the advocacy is it's, it's a line that, you know, is a natural line and it crosses. And, and that was the point that I was making before, which is that it's not mutually exclusive between being a profitable business, um, especially a profitable restaurant business and having a mission. So, you know, we, we partner, we, we feel like it's a two-way street, but we want to be the advocates and we want to be the loudspeakers for our partners. So actually um, just, you know, the other day we had a, a really great um, meeting with um, the Shakespeare theater, the Shakespeare theater reached out to us um, to immigrant food. And they said, you know, we love what you guys are doing in connecting food with immigration. We're doing this play, it's called The Jungle, and it's been really popular in London and New York, and we're doing it, we're performing it in DC, and we want to get your input. Um, wow. And so what we did, what we did is we said, okay, we'll organize a lunch at Immigrant Food with our NGO partners and with some of our policy um, partners as well in our, um, our advisory board. So we organized this lunch. It was, you know, 12 of us. And we talked about ideas in which how they can make this performance or everything around it um, really reflect the realities of immigration today. So that's just one way in which we feel that we can we can be sort of an added value to our partners. I mean, it's amazing because people we take for granted that people want a seat at the table and we take for granted that we can actually provide that table if we're willing to have the courage to plant the flag and to have the conversation about the things that we care the most about. Do you have any lessons that you've learned now that you're a restaurateur? Any lessons or stories of uh, things that you didn't expect that uh, that keep you up at night? <laughs> I'm holding my head. There's a lot, right? I think we all we all share that. Um, every day there's a new lesson, and no two days are the same, right? In our industry, and there's always some fire that needs to be put out. Um, I think one one thing I would share is as a young woman in this industry, which is not particularly diverse in terms of um, gender and also in terms of age, um, I've learned a lot about, you know, just believing in my own voice. And I actually watched uh, the Pam and Tommy um, miniseries, and if you've seen it, about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee on Hulu. And there was, it's a, it's a great show, and there was this one piece where she has to stand up against all these men in the room and she couldn't. And she said, I, I don't know how to do that. And um, like her advisor in the show was like, well, you have to, that's what I do every day. And so 
that's a little bit of, of what you just experience as, as a quite younger person in this industry and starting your own company is that you just have to go against the flow sometimes. So I don't love the expression, go with the flow. I'm like, no, let's go against the flow. Against the flow. I like, who taught you, <laughs> who taught you how to go against the flow? That's a good question. Um, I came to the US when I was 16. Um, I got a scholarship to play tennis and I sort of had to find my own way. I'd never been to the States. I uh, didn't speak English that well. I adopted this fake American accent because I wanted to fit in. Um, but um, yeah, I think sports, a lot of it. I mean, my dad, as I mentioned, professional professional volleyball coach, tennis taught me a lot. And it's it was a journey of like learning how to really fight for yourself. Now, one of the things I like to talk to hospitality leaders is understanding that we we spend so much time in this business focusing on our team, focusing on our community, focusing on our village. Uh, very infrequently do we focus on ourselves. It's something that I I learned late in my career. Um, I'd like to think that I'm trying to do a better job as a husband and as a father, um, as a leader of doing the things that I need to do so that I can be the best I can. What What do you do for yourself? Yeah, I'm not a great example, I have to say. Um, <laughs> oh, I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you know how it is. You're starting a restaurant. Um, you know, we started three months before the pandemic. So I became, you know, a busser and a runner and a server and a dishwasher. I mean, we, we all had to do what we had to do. So, you know, I, I didn't have days off and I didn't have, you know, mental health days or I didn't work from home, you know, like my, my, or most of my friends did or. Um, so, so I didn't do that. I have been better. I have to say, I'm, I'm like you, I'm really trying to be better about that. So exercise for me is a big way that I, um, let steam out. And so I've been trying to do more of that. And when you look at recruiting, because, you know, one of the, the hot topics for any kind of, uh, hospitality is that it's so hard to find good help. And I, I always argue against it. I always go against the flow telling people it's up to you to tell your story. And then if you tell your story and if you say it loud enough, eventually, um, you get people that are attracted to your frequency. Um, have you found that to be the case that because you are loud about your mission, because you're willing to put out content, um, because you're willing to do the things you can people tend to want to work for you? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And absolutely. That's what we have found is that we have not dealt with the same um, labor issues that a lot of, unfortunately, restaurants are still dealing with, but, you know, it was in the news a lot. So I think people thought of it, you know, a few months ago, and now it's no longer in the news, but it's still very much relevant. But we haven't dealt with that. And we also have pretty high retention rates uh, compared to some of our some of our other um, restaurant um, colleagues. So, you know, low turnover is very much because of that, because I think people really connect with a the mission. They want to work with us. You know, we're committed to paying, you know, good wages uh, for staff, but also because people want to feel good, right? They don't just want to be, you know, running food and, and then going home and not caring about it. People want to feel connected. And I think we try to provide that community internally as well as externally. What kind of tips do you have for people that are listening to this that want the press coverage? Since you you you've worked in PR and you've worked so so long in brand and brand is in everything that you do, what kind of tips would you have for somebody that uh that's listening to this show that's like, well, how did you get featured in all these places? Yeah, I mean, of course, every story is different. So, you know, like feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to chat with people in the industry, but um that side, I think the most important thing is authenticity. 
um, and just being really genuine. Um, and it's a cliche, but it is so true. I mean, you have to, you have to believe in your brand, first of all, um, before you can put that out there. So no one else is going to believe in it if you don't. And I think that applies to a lot of different parts of life, but, um, I think, you know, we live and breathe what we do and, um, you know, I think many restaurant owners do too, but I think it's, it's, and you mentioned it, the story part, like you live and breathe, you know, your cogs and your labor and your DOE and like all of that, like you breathe and live that, but you also have to live and breathe why, why you started this in the first place, right? Why, what, what was the reason why you wanted to do this crazy thing and start a restaurant? And I think starting from there, um, I think you can, you can have a much more, um, much more attractive story than you might think, um, that, that, you know, a, a journalist might want to tell. What gets you excited when you're creating content? Oh, it's such a good question. Um, it gets me excited to, to share our vision. And so to share something and connect with people. So when we do a think table issue that, you know, we did one on like green cards, right? Like what are green cards? Why are they green? <laughs> um, right? Why are so they, why are they green? It actually, that's how it used to be. Like when they started out, they used to be like a green piece of paper and then they stopped that. Um, and then, you know, people just kind of, the, the terms just stayed uh, or the colloquial term just stayed. So, you know, that's something that when we put it out, like people are really connected with that and people are like, oh, wow, I learned something. Or, you know, like when I, when you feel like you touch someone, whether it's on the mission or it's on the food, and, and that's a big one too, is like, when people feel like, oh, I connected with my heritage because I ate this, you know, this the Madam VP heritage bowl because my family's from India and Jamaica. I'm like, wow, you know, that's really, that's really great. So I think when I connect with people is when I'm like, oh, this is good content. Bring us into the story. How did you uh, create the Madam VP bowl? That's a, it's a great bowl. Um, so when Kamala Harris and Vice, Pre and Vice President Kamala Harris and President Biden were inaugurated, uh, we said, you know, we want to do something. Um, and it was such a natural thing to honor Kamala Harris's heritage, which is Indian Jamaican, right? And so that's like a crazy mix, like who would mix Indian and Jamaican food? But yeah. our chef said like, oh, let's, let's, like, let's do it. Let's see how we can do that. And so we created this bowl, which is one, has been one of our best sellers. Um, and it's just been an amazing bowl. And actually the second gentleman came in and, and had the bowl. So I'm hoping really? that, yeah, I'm hoping that the vice president had a taste too. Wow. Hopefully the vice president does get a taste. I mean, I think that, but that, that gets to the heart of everything that we talk about when you're, when you're mission driven, purpose driven, and you're not shy about it and you're willing to talk about it and celebrate it. Some really amazing things can happen for your brand and for the things that you're trying to accomplish. Is there, is there something in the mission that you guys are working on currently that could be a big help to you to move your, to move your mission forward? I think for us, one of the biggest um, decisions or, you know, the points of debate that we have about the mission is whether like how much towards facts or how much towards story you go. If you look at it at, as a continuum, facts on one side, story on the other. And I think that's the big challenge. Right. And and when we talk to immigration advocates, that's actually the challenge that they face, which is, you know, anti-immigrant um people and then the minority that's really loud um, anti-immigration. Uh, it's very easy, right? You say like they're rapists and, you know, they're, they come in and they just want to, you know, destroy our country. And it's a very easy thing to say. Um, but someone has to fact check it and actually show that, you know, statistically that's not true, et cetera. So to say that back is like much yeah. more difficult. 
So I think it's, you know, then, then you decide, okay, well, do I want to go more on the story side where I'm telling someone's story and I'm telling you about someone who was, you know, literally locked up in a cage in a detention center, but maybe was a doctor back home like you, right? Like, like, like a person or was a lawyer or was someone that, you know, is just like you, but was just born at the wrong place at the wrong time. And so that way you can really connect with them. But I think it's important to have that balance between fact and story to really be able to share, um, to, to change someone's mind or to, to kind of open, let them open up their mind, which is um, at the end of the day, the, the only thing you can do is have someone be open-minded and they can make their own conclusions. I appreciate you going. I'd love to, to go a little bit deeper because we talk about long form story and short form story, especially when we're talking about internet storytelling and trying to figure out how to simplify the story. You're talking about very complex issues and you're creating content for Instagram, for YouTube, um, for a newsletter. There's chances for you to go deep, but then you also have to edit it so that it's short and consumable on all the platforms that uh, people are paying attention to. How do you balance that? That's the big challenge. I mean, that's that's the big challenge is, you know, when you shoot this video, which, you know, the interview is like 45 minutes long, how do you condense all of that in three to five minute videos, which is what we want, you know, what we want it to be and what we feel we need it to be, unfortunately, because people's attention spans are short and, you know, we want to get some message across. So it's better to get something across than nothing. And so I think it's just being absolutely brutal about like what goes it, what stays and what goes. Um, and so the editing process of that is, is, um, is difficult. It's not easy, especially when, you know, you believe in it and you're doing it. It's very hard to, to self-edit. Um, but, you know, I have a great team. And so we, we, uh, we try to do that every day. I love it. So anybody that's listening to the show, um, every Wednesday and Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time, we're on the social audio app Clubhouse. Um, it's an opportunity for you, the listener, um, to come on stage. It's a virtual stage. Uh, you can share your story, what you're working on, um, what kind of stories you're trying to tell on the internet, what you're doing in the hospitality space. Uh, but we also give a shout out to people who show up. Uh, my grandfather, who was an immigrant, he taught me how to stay curious, get involved, ask for help. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a curious person. Um, the next step is to get involved. So get involved, uh, come and join us on clubhouse and then ask for help. Uh, this week's shout out goes to chef Maria Campbell. Um, her Instagram handle is at cooks who care. Um, they are doing work in the Philadelphia area to raise money for, uh, food and beverage staff with mental health costs. So, uh, Cooks Who Care, we'll put a link in the show notes. Please follow them. But I wanted to give you, uh, Taya, an opportunity to give a shout out to somebody uh, in your organization. I know we always want to say we celebrate everybody, but is there somebody special? This is going to be on entrepreneur.com, uh, somebody that you want to call out for, for going above and beyond helping you with your mission. Well, again, like you said, everyone, of course, the whole team um, <laughs> is incredible. But I guess if I have to, I always want to respond to questions. Um, you're very Peter, good at that, by the way. You're, 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 <laughs> thank you. I've been on the other side. As, I can as tell. The, as the I reporter, can yeah. <laughs> um, well, I want to give a shout out to Peter Schechter and Michael Donlin, um, who are really my uh, two great partners in this. And um, we've had a tough year, but it's we're very excited about 2023. So looking forward to it. Do you have any uh, any any books that you're currently reading that you would recommend to a hospitality audience, or not? Or it doesn't have to be a hospitality focused book either. Yeah, something reading that's a book. something that's inspiring you. <laughs> I'm reading a book. It's called Why uh, Startups Fail. 
<laughs> so it's a good book to read. It's, it's a great book to read. Um, so yeah, I try to, I'm also on, um, masterclass. And so yep. I tried to, um, also listen to great podcasts like yours, um, and learn from others. So like, I really believe what your grandfather said. So I'm very curious. And I think curiosity is, uh, did not kill the cat and curiosity is very important to, uh, becoming a well-rounded individual. And how can people, uh, get in touch with you, find immigrant food. Um, we're going to put links in the show notes, um, to your newsletter as well, so that people can subscribe. Um, what, what's the best way for people to connect? Very simple, immigrantfood.com, at immigrantfood on social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook. So yeah, connect with us. We love to hear from from people. So love to hear and, stories. And when are you going to start tweeting again? <laughs> I, I noticed your last um, tweet was in 2014. <laughs> yes, I um it was, it was a hard decision, but I decided to, to stay off a personal Twitter. Um, but I have, you know, the, the restaurant. So, um, so yeah, not sure. Well, I'm, I'm here, I'm here to encourage your voice matters and what you're doing matters on all the platforms, no matter how we subjectively feel about these platforms. Uh, what you're doing is important. Um, it's crucial, uh, for our, our industry. And, uh, I, I know you will inspire so many leaders who listen to this. So thank you for taking the time and, uh, we, we can't wait to see what you guys build. Keep building. Really appreciate it, Sean. Thank you so much for having me and for this really great conversation. Absolutely. We'll catch you guys all next week. Thank you for subscribing to the show and uh, please share it with a friend uh, that wants to be inspired. Thank you. And a special thank you to our title sponsor, Toast. Toast is the primary technology partner that we use at our restaurant, Cali Barbecue. It is also the primary technology partner that so many of the guests have shared with us on this show. People like Sam, the cooking guy, Stacy Poonkinney, Jeff Alexander. So many times the guests tell us that they're using Toast when we didn't even know that going into the interview. That is why we are so grateful that they sponsor this show. We want you to win. You that listen to this show, we want you to improve your digital hospitality. Toast is built for restaurants and it's built for you. Toast is the restaurant first platform that's built for your needs, whatever your size, concept, or ambitions. Improve your bottom line with a customizable platform that's easy to learn, use, and grow with. And it meets you where you are with all the right tools for your price point. If you have any questions about Toast, please DM me at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. I will get you the link to the right Toast contact in your market. It's so important that if you listen to this show, that you win. We want you to be on this show eventually. Let us know that you heard the show, you heard about Toast, you implemented Toast, you did a Toast unboxing in your restaurant. Talk to us about how you've impacted your village, your city, your community. Share your Toast story with us. DM me today to learn more and be sure to check out Toast.